the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, we will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Nine minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway on this Wednesday, the fourth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2023. Coming up on the program, we are, we've got a couple of uh, important people to talk to. Jack Windsor, not until hour three at 11.10, but he has been covering the, the disaster, the unholy disaster that is taking place in Columbus, Ohio, with respect to the General Assembly and the Speaker of the Ohio House of Representatives vote yesterday like nobody else. Our friend Jack will be with us at 1110 Update Us. I've got some reporting of his to share as well. I just literally confirmed, uh, and in fact, if you can pause for me, because I've been working on this since last night, and am just now getting the response that I needed to see, uh, from uh, State Representative Al Catrona, who is one of the individuals who voted yesterday to yank the speakership from Derek Marin, who had been chosen in a November closed-door caucus from Republicans in the State House to be the new speaker replacing Bob Cup. 
Marin considered to be a much more conservative individual than any any of the others to have been considered. Um, and yesterday there was essentially a coup. Um, I, 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 and hold on one second here, because I'm literally trying to respond to uh, Representative Catrona, who is one of the individuals who uh, who engineered this. All right. Uh, literally, Representative Alcatrona is one of the individuals who decided to vote not for Derek Marin, but for Jason Stevens as the new House Speaker in Columbus, uh, partnering with a whole lot of Democrats. In other words, a whole bunch of Republicans who still call themselves Republicans turned away from the Republican choice for Speaker Derek Marin, who has been called for the last month and a half Speaker-elect, and voted for a different Republican that was much more pleasing to the Democrats. 32 of the votes for Speaker, Republican now Speaker-elect Jason Stevens, 32 of the 67 votes, no, not 67, I'm going to try to get this uh, number correct here, 32 votes came from Democrats, 21 from Republicans. There you go. So, in other words, more Democrats voted for the new speaker, Jason Stevens, than did Republicans in Columbus. Derek Marin got 45 votes for speaker, He's the Republican that was chosen from the Republican closed-door caucus. Um, They held uh, this closed-door vote back in November. Derek Maron, a much more conservative-minded individual who we all believed was exactly what is needed here to kind of get away from the rhino-ish type of leadership of the Republican Party in the state of Ohio. Derek Maron was going to come in. We were very excited about it. Uh, and obviously, this, the Columbus version of the swamp wasn't having it. The Columbus version of the swamp said, we can't allow this. And so they engineered 21 Republicans, turned away from their chosen speaker, Derek Marin, to cast their vote for Jason Stevens when combined with 32 votes from Democrats gave him a 51 to 45. There it is. Gave him a 51 to 49 victory, and he will be the new speaker in Columbus. Last night, I set about the task of reaching out to some of the individuals who engineered this. Um, I was able to get a response this morning from DJ Swearingen, who told me, talk to Al Catrona. And I had already been trying to talk to Al Catrona, and now Al Catrona has just responded to my uh, to my messaging, and he is going to come on in 20 minutes. There you go. Just now confirming he's going to come on at 9:35 this morning. Jack Windsor's reporting. Oh, by the way, uh, I apologize. I'm going to dive into this head first here. So why don't we do our pledge now, so I don't have to disrupt it in mid flow when we get into uh, talking to Congressman or to a. Uh, uh, State Representative Katrona. Uh, friends, let's do this. Let's stand. Let's uh, let's face our flag. Let's put our hand on our hearts. Let's 
pledge our allegiance to the flag that represents this great country. If you are a believer in what the Democrats are selling both in Columbus and in Washington, D.C. right now as the United States House of Representatives speakership is also uh, in a massive, massive state of chaos, well, then you don't understand what the flag represents anyway. You are exempted from the request to pledge your allegiance to it. Instead, you may take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback while the rest of us stand and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, now I want to dive uh, back into this story the best we can. Uh, I mentioned Jack Windsor is going to be joining me with uh, updates on all of this and analysis at 1110, but it's his reporting last night that really kind of crystallized this. So let me share this uh, from Jack. One lawmaker told the Ohio Press Network, that's Jack Windsor's news agency, that Jason Stevens, the new Republican Speaker of the House in Columbus, is a lobbyist dream. Jack writes, uh, my guess he is he made the deal with commitments not to move key pieces of legislation or perhaps be amenable on the redistricting process that is almost upon us again, issues that Stevens may have sold Republicans down the river on, including the Backpack Bill, the Save Women's Sports Act, the SAFE Act, abortion, marijuana, and possibly, again, redistricting. So what Jack also did here is he listed the Republicans who voted for Stevens in direct conflict with the party's selection of Derek Marin as the new speaker in Columbus. And those individuals include Abrams, Blasdell, Carruthers, Cross, Katrona, Edwards, Gabari, Hillier, Jones, Luray, Loichik, Miller, Olslanger, Patton, Pavlija, Peterson, Richardson, Seitz, Swearingen and Young. I was able to reach out last night, like I said, to Swearingen and Katrona, two of the names on that list. And uh, I did hear back from both of them this morning. Swearingen basically passing the buck to Katrona. I shouldn't phrase it that way, but just told me that Katrona is going to be getting in touch with me, which he finally did, and we now have a confirmed time. And we are going to get into this. It should be noted, as I discuss and quite frankly, am I am disgusted by what happened uh, in Columbus yesterday, that when DJ, or excuse me, when uh, Jason Stevens was sworn in, the Bible upon which he placed his hand to swear his oath as uh, Speaker of the Ohio House of Representatives was not held by a Republican, but by Democrat Allison Russo. So you have the Republican supermajority giving said supermajority away and giving actual power to the Democrats by selecting Jason Stevens with more Democrat votes than Republican votes. So you tell me. You tell me. When I say on this program and have said for the better part of the last, I don't know, four or five years, looking at the leadership in Columbus, looking at Republican leadership of the Republican Party, first of all, the ORP, 
first with Jane Timken, then with Bob Paduchik, and then looking at leadership in the General Assembly, Senate presidents, uh, House speakers, and I have said, what's the point of electing Republicans if the Republicans are only going to govern like Democrats? Now you know what I meant. Now it's crystallized before our very eyes. Republicans had chosen a conservative leader for the House of Representatives to perhaps get this state back on track and really make it a red state. A red state dedicated not to Republican causes, but to constitutional uh, integrity. Opportunity, small government. Education instead of indoctrination. Recognition of science. All of the things that we have been fighting and working toward, we had an opportunity with a supermajority red state general assembly who didn't have to bow to anybody, including a whiny little Napoleonic uh, governor like Mike DeWine, didn't have to bow to him, could override any one of his vetoes, even though they wouldn't because they're cowards and he's the same party, but they could have. We could have been a true red state. Instead, red state Ohio just became purple, almost blue. If the Republican, who is a Republican in name only, as the new Speaker of the House, is chosen by majority Democrat, not by majority Republican, is he really a Republican? I mean, seriously, that's one of the riddles of our time. Like, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, did it make a sound? If a Republican is elected by a majority Democrats, is he, in fact, a Republican? Or is he there to do Democrat bidding? And the supermajority of Republicans that the people chose has just been sold out. I'm just blown away by this development. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. I would love to hear from you. I want to hear from Shannon Burns this morning. I want to hear from John Stover this morning. I want to hear from Jonathan Broadbent this morning. You're all listening. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say about this and know that I will talk to Representative Al Catrona about it and find out why he, why he was part of this uh, this this group, this, uh, this cabal, this... A uh, little mini caucus, whatever it is you want to call it, that said, let's give power to our colleagues on the Democrat side of the aisle and let them pick our new speaker. The majority of the votes for for Jason Stevens came from Democrats, not from supermajority holding Republicans. You tell me how that makes any sense at all. Al Catrona will tell I'm, I give him credit. He knows I'm going to come for him. He knows I'm going to come uh, hard with these questions. Uh, when I talk to him, uh, but he's going to be here. I'm going to keep working on DJ Swear to try to get him on. That would be two members of the uh, of the cabal. Uh, but I, I, I certainly want to hear from you as well, and I want to hear from Northeast Ohio conservative leaders as well. There are a lot of people excited about uh, Derek Marin taking over. We were excited about passing things under his leadership, like the backpack bill, like uh, the Save Women's Sports Act, medical freedom. All of these things we were really excited about. Now, what's to be excited about? I've said it before, and I will say it again now. If Republicans are going to govern like Democrats, then why bother electing Republicans? 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer.
Okay, 927, Always Right Radio, AM 1420. The answer coming up in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk to uh, Ohio State Representative Al Catrona, and we're going to talk about how things went down the way they did in Columbus yesterday and why it is that Derek Maron, the quote-unquote speaker-elect for the Ohio House, was not selected. And in fact, even though he had far, far, far more votes from the supermajority party Republicans, um, he lost the vote thanks to a ton of votes from Democrats for Jason Stevens. So I'm going to ask Al Catrona what was going on and why it went down the way it did. That'll be coming up at 935. Right now we'll go to Middleburg Heights and say good morning to Dan. Uh, Dan, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Good morning. Go ahead, sir. Uh, Good morning to you. Uh, I know you know it, but uh, between our federal government and the House and Ohio, Mm -hmm. and you can look at all the other states, Pennsylvania, Arizona, this this country's been taken over by... It's a one-party system. It's just so obvious, as you were commenting earlier. Uh, uh, it's it's just disgusting. Uh, on the federal level, I don't care what Jim Jordan says or any of these people. They figured out a way. They're going to scam this going forward where you're not going to have all the investigations like you think you're going to have. Ohio is shot, too, because if you got 32 people from the Democrats voting for this guy you're going to be interviewing or, or – uh, or was it Jay Stevens? No, no, it's going to be Al Catrona coming up. Uh, Jason know, Stevens, Jay who's Stevens actually was chosen. Man, yeah. Right, but, right yeah. you got it. Excuse yes, me, sir. excuse me on that. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's just obvious uh, we've lost control, and they figured out a way to do all this here. In the name of being a Republican, they are not. I'm going to hold total judgment on the the federal house side you know where that speakership fight is going sure. on right now because i think jim jordan is being true to his word even though he's the one being nominated by gates and being pushed as the alternative to kevin mccarthy he continues to support mccarthy because he wants to make sure that the investigations that you and i are talking about happen and he knows that it will only be guaranteed as if he is the chairman of the judiciary uh, uh, committee. Uh, right, so that's he's what he's fighting up, for he's still up against mccarthy and as long as you brought up McCarthy, I, I listened avidly over the years to Rush Limbaugh, and I can go back six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Limbaugh did not like Kevin McCarthy. So well, he, uh, and he, there's there's no a, surprise there. Kevin McCarthy, while he's not a flat out leftist at all, he is a, the very definition of a of a moderate Republican, and that that just guarantees us establishment type policies, uh, rubber stamp votes for Democrat omnibus spending bills and 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 uh, inflation reduction acts and other things. He's not going to stand up to them in the interest of moderation, in the interest of bipartisanship, and that's what we need is somebody who's going to be standing up and. Thank you for the call, my friend. i got to get to the news now. Somebody needs to stand up for conservative principles, for fiscal responsibility, for spending responsibility, for smaller government and beyond. Uh, But Jordan is not challenging um, Kevin McCarthy. Be aware of that. He's not. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He He continues to nominate McCarthy because he wants the judiciary chair. And that is when he can do his best work and really open up the investigations into all of the Democrats' uh, shenanigans. And uh, I don't think he'll be deterred from that. Uh, Thank you so much for the call. We'll follow that up on that in a bit. But for now, we'll take a news break, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk to State Representative Al Catrona about what happened yesterday in Columbus on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Life. 
liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 936, we continue on this Wednesday morning. Thanks for being with us on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. We're going to talk to a congressman, former congressman and former gubernatorial candidate Jim Renacci at the top of the hour at 1010. He is going to give us a little bit of uh, insight on what's happening in Washington on the speaker's fight, which went through three votes yesterday with no one getting to 218. So that'll be coming up. And now we want to focus on the speaker fight in Columbus. Well, it's not a fight anymore. It's over. But it was a fight yesterday, and it took some very, very interesting turns, as some fights tend to do. Derek Maron uh, was the speaker-elect chosen from the Republicans back in a closed-door vote in uh, November. He was expected to take over, and uh, yesterday they engineered a coup, they being other Republicans. And uh, they got a whole bunch of Democrats to join them and voted instead for Jason Stevens to be the new Speaker of the Ohio House of Representatives. Joining us now is one of those who uh, voted for Stevens and, according to reporting, was instrumental in calling other Republican representatives and asking them to flip their votes from Marin to Stevens. He is Al Catrona, Republican representative from Canfield. Uh, representative Catrona, thank you for making the time this morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, thank you for having me, Bob. Yeah, uh, thank you for coming on. This is, uh, this is a pretty controversial situation we have in front of us, and so I respect anybody who is on the side that you are on being willing to answer the questions about why you did what you did. So let's start there. Um, why is it that you decided, and if, first of all, let me clarify or get clarification from you. Uh, Ohio Press Network reports say that you were among those calling other Republicans, asking them to flip their support from Marin to Jason Stevens. So part A is, is that true? And part B, why? Why did you, why, why did you turn on Marin after the Republican, uh, 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 67 strong majority back in November voted for Marin to be the guy? So um, to, to, to answer your question, at first, uh, yes, I was making calls. I was happy to make the phone calls. I thought it was the best thing for our institution. I thought it was the best thing for Ohio and definitely was the best thing for our our district. And so um, as far as uh, as far as uh, why, you know, why all this ensued and, and why did this occur? I mean, look, at the end of the day, the gentleman's agreement is not just one sided. It is saying that we will come out uh, in acclamation, and everybody was on board to do that. But part of that gentleman's agreement is also that you're not going to tar and feather your, your, the folks who did not support you or did not vote for you. Um, you're not going to ostracize them. You're not going to make them feel like uh, they're not part of the team. Because at the end of the day, that, the ability to have 67 members is only helpful uh, if we're all in sync together, right? And, you know, half, you know, more, like basically half the caucus was, uh, and it was getting thrown to the curb. And it, it, in what it way, was, um, if I may, in, in what way, what are, what are we talking about here when you say feeling ostracized or kicked to the curb? What, what, what are we talking sure. about? Sure. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, you got to be able to get those conversations going. This, the, the, the quote unquote speaker elect, uh, should be in a, is in a position and they're required. I mean, leadership is not just a title, it's, it's how you act. Mm-hmm. And this was a trial run. And, you know, he had an, uh, an, has an obligation of being the speaker-elect as being somebody who's going to be, you know, one of the most powerful people here in the state of Ohio, has an obligation to call members, has an obligation to, to talk with them, to let them know that they are not going to um, be shunned. And that has been the complete opposite 
We haven't gotten a call from him. We haven't spoken to him. He hasn't reached out. I mean, listen, you had half the caucus that wanted to go a different direction. That means then, that, the, you know, well, you, according, you according, to according to the vote, according to the original vote in November, um, it wasn't half the caucus. Uh, he he won he won comfortably uh, in terms of being you know like, selected like, as the speaker elect. So why do you say half the caucus was against well, him? That's, it was yeah. I mean, that was like I mean, it was he won by three basically three votes um, out of our sixty. It, at the time, it was actually sixty eight because we allowed somebody who had. Uh, Technically, one uh, I think uh, Beach uh, is his name, Ronald Beach. He had uh, he had won, but then ultimately lost to um, to Brown, Representative Brown, as they did a recount. But there were 68 people there at the time. One of the members was also not there um, at the time of the vote, and so you know he won. The the breakdown was like a three vote swing, three or four vote swing. So I mean that's about half the caucus. And when yeah, you factor yeah, in the yeah, but, but Representative Katrona, let's look at the breakdown now. 45 Republicans voted for him to be the speaker. 21 of you guys voted for Jason Stevens. Who's got support of the majority of the caucus here? You won. You know, here's, here's a real question. You know, if, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, can, it doesn't make a sound. I would ask you if a Republican speaker is chosen by majority Democrats, is he in fact a Republican speaker? Well, to answer your question on that, I mean, listen, Jason Stevens is the only was was and is the only speaker candidate that was endorsed by CPAC. I mean, that's a conservative group. You know, we're not talking about uh, uh, you know some type of a rhino here. We're talking about somebody who has we're talking about exactly ideas. that, Representative Katrona. We're talking about somebody that thirty-two Democrats out of 33 in their caucus said, we, we like that guy. We're, you literally chose somebody that the Democrat, more Democrats liked than Republicans liked. You have a 67 to 33 majority. 45 of your 67 went with a conservative. 21 went with somebody that 32 Democrats liked better. Um, what, does well, that, what, does that tell, what does that tell Red State, Ohio? You voted for a supermajority of Republicans, and the Republicans gave that away literally in terms of the speakership of the House to Democrats. Well, I, first of all, I, I think that that would be reading into to way too much. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we have a situation here where we have a person who is conservative. His voting record is conservative. Uh, you know, Jason Stevens is conservative. All right. That's, that's first and foremost. As far as the caucus vote, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, tactics that were, were utilized by, uh, by the other side. A lot of lies that were spread, um, you know, towards the, towards closer to the vote. I mean, listen, we walked, we were waking up that day with, um, with basically 30 votes coming into it. Um, and, and so, you know, it wasn't until some, some of the different tactics that were utilized. But besides, putting that stuff aside, I mean, look, at the end of the day, what we care about is a is a conservative agenda. Jason Stevens is going to be the the Mack truck of conservatism here in the Representative state of Katrina, Ohio. with all due respect, and I really mean that because I respect you for coming on. I'm giving you hard questions, sure. and I appreciate yeah, no, you doing no. it. So please don't take this with disrespect. But come on, conservative agenda is going to be advanced by a leader who was chosen by majority Democrats. 32 Democrats, just 21 Republicans, voted for Jason Stevens, and you want us to think he's the conservative Mack truck? How is he the conservative yeah. Mack truck? And Democrats are cool with electing a strong conservative to enact, uh, cons- or to, uh, to pass conservative legislation and establish conservative policy in a state that they want to be blue. 
I mean, listen, I would tell you this. Um, uh, first of all, um, I get the question, right? And, and, and I, first of all, I respect, uh, I respect you as well, uh, Bob. And I, and I always love the, the tough questions. It makes it, it always makes it fun. Thank you. Um, but I, I would, I would tell you this. Look, you know, Derek Merrin was also the same person who wrote it down legislation that had the Safe Women's Sports Act in there recently during lame duck. All right. And that also talked about discrimination on vaccines. I mean, so, you know, we could sit there and, and, and say, well, he's not going to do this and he's going to do that. At the end of the day, I think we're going to have we would have had chaos. Um, that, that's what ultimately would have ensued. So, you know, as far as the D's coming on board, I, I believe that the Democrats just looked at it. They have to vote, first of all. Uh, just so everybody, all the listeners are aware, the Democrats, a lot of people don't recognize this, the Democrats are required to vote. So they had, they had two options. They could vote for Jason or they could vote for Derek. And, you know, they frankly just felt like, you but, know, uh, it was going to... Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you just hit it out of the park for me. The Democrats had a choice between Derek Maron and Jason Stevens. They chose Jason Stevens. That means Jason well, me... Stevens is going to be much more amenable to what they want to do. Is this not reminiscent to you, Representative Katrona, of Larry Householder from four years ago, where he literally engineered a deal with Democrats in order to get Democrats to vote for him as the quote-unquote Republican speaker? Um, deals were made then, and it begs the question, can you tell me, what deals have been made with the Democrats to get them to support the guy you wanted over Derek Maron? And, and, and to, um, I, I wasn't uh, quite finished with my, my thought process on that. Uh, just okay. to double back, and I'll get back to, to that point there. All right. Um, so what I was getting at is that it's not that, it's not that the Democrats are looking at uh, you know, Jason and saying, we love Jason. Um, they're looking at it and saying, you know, we have seen uh, Derek and it has nothing to do with where he falls on things uh, as far as legislation. It is the fact that, you know, things would have been chaotic in an unfunctional house. So there's a difference between saying, hey, uh, this person or that person is, is not going to be pushing some type of a, a conservative agenda. At the end of the day, they, have to, they had to make a vote. And it wasn't that they felt like he would be more amenable to them. Frankly, I think they just looked at it and said, we are going to have chaos in the house with Derek. I mean, we, we've seen this with lame duck. And, and so that, that's, and, and to answer your, your ultimate question there, um, which I think was, you know, what deal? Yeah. What were the Democrats promised? They weren't doing been, this. They, they weren't supporting Jason Stevens at the behest of you and a bunch of other Republicans, or at least 21 of you. They weren't doing this because it's going to benefit Republicans. They, they're doing this because they're getting something for it. What are they getting? What deals were cut? Well, see, that's, that's the thing. Um, there has been and there was not any deal. And so I know, I know everybody kind of looked at that um, as, as suspect, like, well, 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 why would they? I mean, I think, but, but the truth is there was no deal. Um, there, there was so no why deal. Would Democrats agree, so why would Democrats agree to this then? Why would, why, would they, why would they cast their votes unanimous, well, 32 out of 33, for for Jason Stevens instead of Derek Maron, if they didn't feel like either a they were getting something for it in terms of agreements and deals on perhaps legislation to come, or b just the fact that this guy uh, is more like us, he's a rhino, he's a Republican who's going to make decisions like a Democrat because Derek Maron has a very strong reputation among conservatives in our state. I don't care about CPAC. I can tell you what conservative organizations all throughout the state were thrilled. We're talking about medical freedom groups. We're talking about pro life groups. We're talking about. You're 
Uh, we're talking about uh, 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 school choice groups. We're talking about all of these groups who said Derek Maron, finally a conservative, is going to lead the House. Democrats well, didn't choose can... Jason Stevens for, yeah. for no reason. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and real quick, I mean, you, you, you bring up all these things about, like, medical freedom and all this. Look at the leadership team. And, and listen, I'm not trying to poke at anything. I mean, a lot of those folks over there, those are my colleagues, um, you know, good friends with them. Um, but, you know, you, you know, you have people that were on there that were opposing a lot of those things that you're talking about. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know if if necessarily, uh, you know, that, that's the most conservative portion of it. And so um, w- with that being said, at the end of the day, I believe we're going to have a conservative agenda. And I think you're going to ask me back onto your show three months from now, two months from now, six months from now, and you're going to say, Katrona, I'm surprised. I, 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 you know, I was concerned at first uh, that there was not going to be this conservative agenda. And but you're going to you're going to ask me back on here. And you're going to say you're right. You guys have moved this bill. You moved that bill. I believe that you know, and I can't speak uh, for the for the speaker. And I think that frankly, it's the will of the caucus. And then you know, that a lot of people need to recognize um, that's a big part of it. But I think that once we sit down and we go over our priorities, I think you're going to see a lot of things like save women's sports. I think you're going to see a lot of things that deal with, you know, those conservative values that both you and I have. And so, you know, at the end of the day, there was no deal that was cut. It comes down to the fact that, you know, do you want a functional house or not? And, and you functional, functional meaning Listen, what? Some, functional meaning what? If you can define that for me, what does functional mean and why wouldn't functional be there if Derek Maron was the speaker as he was speaker-elect? Well, first of all, you have the, just the, 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 you know, stability factor, um, you know, it's, you know, usually, as they say, you know, six months in, seven months in, you end up becoming kind of like a lame duck speaker. That's, that's just reality. And, you know, we, you know, it just is what it is. And so, you know, this at least would provide a little bit of stability. And that would have given an opportunity for stability. Stability how? I mean, it's the same thing as saying functionality. Okay. Define stability then. You define well, functionality and so stability. So define years, stability have, in this term. If you have stability, you would have stability because if you have a speaker, uh, for two years, that means the speaker's race starts um, the day he grabs the gavel. Let's be honest here. And that creates infighting. That's always a problem. That's always an issue. It gets chaotic. Uh, we start doing kind of, uh, you know, weird stuff on the floor, and it, it's not conducive to the institution. Uh, with, with that being said, you have an opportunity for a six-year speaker which gives you the stability okay. of having and knowing in the process and being able to say this is where we're at, having that working relationship. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, um, you know, my job, I have really one job, and that's to take care of my district. Um, you know, that's it. I, I mean, my job is to take care of the district and look out after the state of Ohio. I believe that, I believe that then, I believe that now, and I frankly, I think that, you know, time will, time will show that, in fact, this is the case by going with Jason Stevens as Speaker of the House. We will have the stability. He will be conservative. He will keep the order. And, and frankly, as far as I'm concerned, you know, everybody will be treated fairly as Republicans as we walk forward, knowing that our districts, you know, are going to have a fair shape when we're going forward. We didn't feel that way when half the caucus was feeling ostracized by Marin, uh, not getting called, not being reached out. Um, you know, 
being, I mean, listen, you have members out there. That you know, you, you, you keep saying it, Al, Representative Catrona. And by the yeah. way, to your previous point, uh, I hope you are back on in three months, and I hope I'm saying you were right and I was wrong. I, I would like nothing better than for things to work out for Ohioans. Uh, but, but you keep saying half the caucus, and you keep talking like unity is important. Is unity important for among the 67-member Republican supermajority? Is unity important? Absolutely. Absolutely. Unity is key here. Well, if that's the case, hold on. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. If unity is key, how do you get unity from 45 out of 67 supporting Marin? Only 22 supporting your new speaker. How do you get unity out of that, Representative Catrona? You're talking like it would be chaos if if Marin was in charge because half the caucus, in your language, uh, didn't get phone calls from him and, and felt ostracized. Well, how do you think 45 Marin voters are going to feel out of 67 when well, a, coup right was just in, a, a coup was just engineered with support of 32 out of 33 House Democrats? How, where's unity coming well, from? Well, unity started um, the day I, the day that he took the, the gavel because he's already sat down with these with these members. He's already started that process. The healing is already occurring, and we've already we already have members who have said, "Hey, glad glad, that, glad you you know glad you're the speaker. Let's move forward, and you know um, let's rock and roll." So you can't look at the vote and say, "Well, those people are going to be against uh, Jason Stevens," then uh, and it's going to be terrible. Um, you have people who maybe made the vote that they made because of outside pressure, which there was, um, and you know, but are thinking that this went forward. You have people who said, "Listen, you know, Derek was my guy, but you know what, Jason, I think you're going to do a stellar job. I would have been fine with either of you guys. We've already had those conversations with members. This healing process will will continue to occur, and and it will strengthen us as a state. Listen." The last thing that we wanted is to, to have people, and there's a difference between how somebody votes and how somebody feels. A lot of people feel that they, that, you know, they, that they are ready to move forward with Jason, that they're, that they feel that they're getting their, their fair shake, that nobody's being tarred and feathered. And I think that that's his approach. And to me, that's what builds unity. And, and I mean, oh. you know, just, you can't look at the scoreboard and say they voted this way, therefore, they are totally against him, and they will not support any any type of... Well, that, that, that's uh, only know, one half of the equation, Representative Alcatrona. The other half of the equation is 32 out of 33 Democrats saying, yeah, we're in on this Republican, not the other Republican. They're not doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. They're not doing this because they suddenly feel like, boy, this is a really good uh, uh, good for uh, you know conservatism. This is because it's going to benefit state Ohio Democrats and Ohio Democrat policies. That's their hope anyway. Ohio uh, Democratic-led legislation. This is what their hope is. There's no. There's a reason they all went. Let me put it to you in the final final question for you. Put it to you in terms. Let's go to the uh, uh, the federal. You know the uh, the the national uh, uh, house. Um, you know Kevin McCarthy yesterday, of course, couldn't get the votes. Got two hundred two instead of two hundred eighteen, and so on and so forth. I don't know how you feel about Kevin McCarthy, but let me ask you this: If ninety nine percent of House Democrats suddenly voted for Kevin McCarthy, would you still want Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker? If 99%, because that's what I'm rounding here with 32 out of 33 Democrats in the Ohio House going for Stevens. If 99% of the uh, House Democrats on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. said, we're going to cast our vote for the Republican Kevin McCarthy, do you think that would be a good thing? 
You know, as far as as far as um, you know, on the federal level, I mean, I know it's similar, but at times it's like comparing apples to oranges with this. I mean, well, um, you know, we have we have term limits, right? They don't, you know, so they have the ability. It's it's really two different things. We just talked about they're both legislatures. Right? They're both legislatures six, in both in, mm-hmm. in in both circumstances. I'm asking if the minority sure. party, if the minority party suddenly came out on Moss for one. Uh, 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 candidate on the majority party. Um, do you think that the Republican Party in this case we should be happy with uh, Kevin McCarthy if 99% of Democrats said, yeah, that's our guy too? Well, let me ask you this. What about, what about if that guy was in Jordan? Uh, can you imagine one Repub- one I, Democrat, I, I much less much less all of the Democrats voting but, but for a Jim Jordan? The point being, about no, no, no. You're, it is a hypothetical conversation, Representative. But the, the reason why mine is more uh, legitimate than yours is because it just happened here. Uh, in, 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 and Jason Stevens is no Jim Jordan, and Kevin McCarthy on the federal side is no Jim Jordan. He is considered a moderate. It's why conservatives in the House are putting up, or putting up this resistance. They want Jim Jordan as opposed to a Kevin McCarthy. The, 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 the American sure. left, the Democrat House members would be, if anything, would be interested in, in, in a real squishy moderate like Kevin McCarthy as opposed to a hardcore conservative like Jim Jordan. That's why your, your hypothetical in response to mine just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't match up but but i mean play it out though like, like just real very quickly i mean jim jordan right gets the support of the democrats would we still be having this conversation uh or would you be saying that jim jordan cut a deal uh with the democrats i, I would be absolutely something? be interviewing jim jordan which i do once a week and asking what did you promise them or what did they promise uh, the democrats your 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 people in order for them to support you absolutely because you know yeah, what, I, and, because and, because and that's he, what would have and, to happen in order for them to support somebody like Jordan. That's what would have to happen, and Jordan, of course, would never have made such a deal. That's why such a thing is just not well. But well, and, and look, at the end of the day, um, as, as far as it is a little bit different because term limits do play a massive factor. I definitely get what you're saying, though. Um, you know, getting back to reality, I mean, there's term limits. So we talked about the stability factor. I mean, listen, the Democrats. They still want stability as well. They want stability for their staff. They want stability for these things. I mean, you know what? These are not substantive things that they are, like, you know, getting out of this. They are getting things that are, you know, longevity of a speaker. It makes things run smoother for the House. Um, we get an opportunity to actually start on time, for example, which but, is but something you, that we've know, but, but struggled but to do. Representative mm-hmm. Katrona, what I wish is for Democrats to feel unstable. They have a 33-member uh, 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 hold on on, on the, the state house. You have a supermajority. I don't want them to feel stable. I want them to feel and like we're at, the mercy. we're at the mercy of this 67-strong red state supermajority united behind the speaker. Mm-hmm. And instead, they've got a 45-seat opposition to the Speaker in that supermajority. Think well, about what that stabil- means for the Democrats. This, yeah, but this is the thing. That stability still applies to us as Republicans and conservatives. To keep that 67, we got to have stability, man. This stuff is, that's what tears up, um, that's what tears up and, and, and honestly, frankly, loses those, those seats. So it, it, it's not just like, you know, they are they are fearful in general because of our numbers and and you know what at the end of the day as our our policies come down the line and as our agenda is kind of you know out in the open we're going to very quickly see you know where the where the cookies crumble i mean and and i think that you're going to be sitting here saying you know what 
Jason Stevens has got a pretty good agenda. Like, and, and, and this is the thing too. And I, 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 I really hope you're right. I, I do. And, and listen, I'm out of time thing. here. I'm out of. Okay. I'm out of time. It's the top of the hour now. I do not like what you and your 21 other colleagues did here, but I absolutely sure. respect you for coming on and answering critical questions. They're very, very important, and I hope we can keep that uh, that dialogue going as we see where this new leadership takes us, okay? Absolutely. All right. Hey, thanks, Bob. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. That's Representative Al Catrona. Took it all the way to news, so we'll catch up and be back in a little bit with Jim Renacci to talk about that speakership in the uh, Federal House of Representatives. That's coming up in 1420 The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420. The answer. Onward we roll now. Ten minutes after ten o'clock into hour number two. It is a Wednesday, the fourth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2023. Thanks again to State Representative Al Catrona, who came on last half hour for the entire half hour, which was uh, uh, pretty incredible. Talking about the speaker, the great speaker heist uh, of 2023. Uh, it was a strange little cabal that came up and just ripped the speakership away from speaker-elect Derek Maron. Now... Kevin McCarthy on the federal side at the U.S. House of Representatives was so confident of winning, according to multiple reports, he moved all of his stuff out of his congressional office and into the Speaker's office. Um, he might have to move back out because uh, there are a lot of people who are saying it's just not going to happen. Kevin McCarthy is not going to be the Speaker. We don't need more rhinos. We don't need, need more uh, you know, swamp dwellers uh, running the... Uh, running the Congress and rubber stamping all of the Democrats' ideas in the United States Senate. Matt Gates said, Those of us who will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy today take no joy in this discomfort that this moment has brought. But if you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Matt Gatesian way of speaking it. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is the biggest alligator in the swamp says he. Let's see what Jim Renacci says now. Jim Renacci is a former United States congressman. He is also a former gubernatorial candidate. He is now our guest on AM 1420 The Answer. Mr. Renacci, Happy New Year. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. Happy New Year. Going great, but wow, what a day yesterday, and I knew these days were coming. We're starting to see, in my opinion, uh, the Republican Party start to melt down in various places, and uh, it started in Ohio, where (laughs) You're exactly right. A, a a Republican majority lets the Democrats pick a Speaker of the House. And now in Congress, uh, it's very interesting. I, I said this was going to happen. Um, and I can tell you it's, uh, it's an interesting exercise. I've lived it. Uh, I lived the exercise when Kevin did not have the votes back in 2012 and mm-hmm. actually stepped aside. Um, but... It's very interesting that anyone had the um, guts to step up and, I, and, and the 19 to do what they're doing, because normally what happens is you go into a conference, and the rules are the majority of the majority picks the speaker. And I can tell you in 2012, the majority of the majority picked Paul Ryan, but I was one of 82 who did not support Paul Ryan um, inside 
the conference. But the rule is when you get out on the floor, it's the majority of the majority. And if you notice, over the last 200 years, you might get one person say, I support this person, I support that support person. But to get a block of 19 is very unusual. But what makes this unusual is there's only a four-seat majority. Exactly. That's the key here. If this was a 20, you know, if the, the wave had materialized, or even just the historic gains by the party out of power in the White House uh, in the first year midterm or the first midterm of a, of a new presidential uh, uh, administration, you know, you'd have a 25, 30 seat majority. And if you have 15, 20 defectors who don't want to go along, it's no big deal. They're still going to be 218. But with only room for four uh, before, you know, you are, you are short of the 218, McCarthy is in a very unique position here. So, let me ask you, based on your experience in Congress and based on what you are observing right now, how does this play out today? Will members, and I think it's 20 now because Byron Donalds of Florida flipped on the third vote, his vote uh, from McCarthy to Jordan, making it 19, going from 19 to 20. Will there be more defections like that, or are the 19, 20 now going to eventually have to cave and say, look, you know, McCarthy has given many concessions here uh, with respect to his speakership. We, we've got to get this done and vote for the guy. Yeah, so here's what I believe happens. Those 19 have already pulled the gun out. Um, I hate to use that metaphor, but when you pull a gun out, you better shoot. And now they're shooting, and uh, they, uh, they have, they're in a situation where they have to hold strong. Normally, McCarthy would step away, but McCarthy has said he is not stepping away. So I think it's a showdown. I think uh, it'll go some more rounds this, you know, today. There's going to be multiple negotiations. I know Jim Jordan is, is trying to get them to, uh, to back McCarthy. And quite frankly, the real problem with our Congress is the 19 who want a balanced budget. Uh, and by the way, I wanted a balanced budget, too. The only way to balance the budget in the United States federal government is to start looking at the the drivers of the deficit, which are Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. And the problem is nobody, including those 19, want to touch that. So it's a good stand to take, but it's a bad stand unless you are willing to say, we want somebody who's going to cut, and we want somebody who's going to balance the budget, and we want somebody who's going to stand up and realize that Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security – have to be cut. That 19 can stand as strong as they want, but I don't think they're going to find anybody else um, that's going to step up into that ring. Because as Jim Jordan said, who wants to be speaker when you know it is a, uh, as soon as you're speaker, you're done because you're never going to be able to get done what those 19 want. I mean, and it's what I want and it's what you want, but it's to reduce the federal deficit, reduce the size of government. And right now, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security interests make up all of the dollars that are coming into the federal treasury. And when somebody says, well, just cut this and cut that and cut foreign spending, you could cut all that and you still have a deficit. Did I lose you? Uh, no, no, I got you. Sorry about that. A oh. uh, little glitch. Um, we are talking with uh, Congressman Jim Renacci on AM 1420, The Answer on Always Right Radio. So, Congressman, um, President Trump has come out with a statement. I want to share it with you and with our listeners, uh, and I want to get your reaction to this. He is very, very vocal and strong now in his support of Kevin McCarthy, which is interesting because most of the 
really hardcore conservatives who are trying to push Jim Jordan into the uh, into the speaker's office uh, against his will. Um, you know, don't, they think Kevin McCarthy is too much of a rhino. Well, Donald Trump was the king of railing against rhinos. He was, you know, he gave birth to America First and the MAGA movement. And here's what he said. Some really good conversations took place last night, and it's now time for all of our great Republican House members to, and now it's in all capital letters, vote for Kevin, close the deal, take the victory, and watch crazy Nancy Pelosi fly back home to a very broken California, the only speaker in U.S. history to have lost the House twice. Republicans do not turn a great triumph into a giant and embarrassing defeat. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job and maybe even a great job. Just watch. So, Congressman, there's a lot of conservatives going, what the heck? Um, we, we support Jordan because we support people like Trump. Um, you know, we are, we are MAGA. We are, we are all about it. Kevin McCarthy is rhino. Kevin McCarthy rubber stamps things like, uh, the omnibus spending bills and so forth. Um, so how do you read President Trump telling the Republicans, including his strong supported, supportive uh, conservative members, to uh, stop the nonsense and vote for McCarthy? Well, I would tell you uh, that, in my opinion, that's a bad move on President Trump's, uh, uh, you know, it's a bad decision for President Trump. He has, he needs a win. I'm talking about President Trump. And I think he's stepping into this game, but the problem he's running into is he keeps stepping into the game at the wrong time. He really needs this situation to work itself out. And I can tell you, Jim Jordan will never be Speaker of the House. Now, that's a bold statement, but the reason is there are too many moderates who are not going to elect Jim Jordan. So there will be a, 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 a moderate, if anything happens, which I believe what will happen, not maybe not today, but in the next two days, there will be a compromise candidate brought forward. It may be Steve Scalise. The problem is even Steve Scalise will fail as speaker. Even Jim Jordan will fail as speaker. That's why Jim Jordan doesn't want it. There is no way to balance the budget unless you do some serious things to Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and cut the deficit and nobody wants it, but nobody will talk about it. Nobody will talk about it. Now, Kevin has worked 10 years to be Speaker, so he's willing to take it because he wants to be able to check his box in his life and say, I was Speaker of the House. But in the end, he will fail as, as well from a Republican standpoint because what we need as Republicans is going to be very difficult to do unless you really are willing to step up and do what's right, which is look at Medicare, look at Medicaid, look at Social Security, look at interest, which are the drivers of the debt, and make up the, the biggest issue. So remember, their, their big issue is, I want a balanced budget. Well, Jim Renacci voted for balanced budget amendments. I voted for every one of them. The problem is, it's almost impossibility unless you start looking at Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and interest. Congressman Renacci, um Eric Swalwell said yesterday, just in case anybody's wondering, there will be no Democrats coming to the rescue of Kevin McCarthy to help get him over the hump because he's preferable to maybe a more conservative Jim Jordan-type speaker. He said it's not going to happen. However, some have suggested that it might happen in the reverse, that there might be some disaffected Republicans who are really, really put off by this entire thing who are going to teach their own party a lesson and go over and support Hakeem Jeffries. Likely, possible, or no way? Uh, that will not happen. I'll tell you what will happen is they will vote present. Okay. And once they vote present, 
then uh, Jeffries will win because he'll end up with the most votes out of those that voted. That's the key. You need 218 because it's 218 of uh, those present who vote. That's the other thing that might happen today. You might see some people not show up, which reduces the threshold. Um, and I, sh- I am sure that Kevin McCarthy's team is looking at all of those things. How do we, you know, can we reduce the number? Can we, uh, but voting present is very dangerous when Jeffries already has the majority of the vote. You, you said something interesting about Kevin McCarthy wanting to check that life box, you know, saying I was speaker. Um, I wonder if 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 there's more a pride factor here than there is. I really have the right prescription. I really know how to unite this party. I really know how to lead this Congress as Speaker. Is is and he obviously swallowed his pride as you mentioned in 2012 and stepped away and said, "Okay, Paul Ryan is going to be the guy." Uh, that's okay. Um, is, is pride going to prevent him from doing the same thing again and saying, especially if what if we get into a second day, a third day, a fourth day, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh vote, and it's just not happening for him? Will pride just keep him in? He says he's not going anywhere. Well, remember, the biggest problem with politicians are ego, pride, all of those things. you got to put that all in the mix. It's not about doing what's right for the people. It's not about doing what's right for the country. Too often, it's about doing what's best for themselves. Kevin has wanted to be speaker since the day he got to Washington. He is not going to step aside, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he does, I think turmoil starts to begin anyway. There are a lot of people who said, well, for instance, if Kevin steps aside, then there's word that he's going to just resign from Congress because this, this was his whole life. There are others who have said, well, if Kevin steps aside, I'm leaving. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be a snowball effect, which is why I really believe – uh, they need to come together with a consensus candidate and move forward. We cannot have a House. You realize that none of the people that were elected, like Max Miller, he's still not an elected. He's still not elected because he hasn't been sworn in. You can't be sworn in until a speaker is first elected. So we have to move forward. But I'm telling you, the biggest problem with politicians, and you know what? People call me a politician. I, it wasn't prideful for me. I voted what I thought was right. And I left when I thought it was the right time, and I ran against people who I still believe shouldn't be there uh, in, in office. But too often, the true politician, it's ego and pride, and Kevin is not going to step down uh, because this is his last stand. Uh, we're talking to uh, former Congressman Jim Renacci, of course, former gubernatorial candidate as well. Um, how many days go by before we start having what you said, and that's people voting present and thus lowering the threshold? I don't know. It should probably start today. Um, and again, don't forget, there will be a compromise candidate. Kevin might be negotiating. Um, if Kevin if, if Kevin was really doing what's right for the country, now I'm telling you, his ego will keep him in as long as he can. He will agree to a compromise candidate. Uh, the question is, who is that compromise candidate? So we'll continue to go. But I think before Kevin allows the speakership to go to a Democrat, he will agree to a compromise candidate. I, I do know Kevin. He's a good man. Um, you know, just like everybody else, Paul Ryan, John Boehner, they all go in there with the right attitude, but they always realize, they almost always realize that they can't fix the problem that's really in front of them unless they do some drastic things and nobody wants to do that. So Kevin's a good man. I, 
uh, you know, it's interesting. Many of my colleagues have said to me that aren't there anymore, Kevin had a chance when he was leader already to do some of the things that he now is saying he will do. What's going to make him different today? And I think that's why those 19 are standing strong. But this can't go on much past today. Um, it could go on for days, but I don't think it can go much past today. And something I think will happen by the end of today. Congressman Jim Renacci giving us the benefit of his experience. He's been through many votes uh, in his time in Congress, and uh, now we're all watching to see how this vote or these votes, plural, go today as we still try to find a new speaker. Congressman, I appreciate your time very much. Uh, thanks so much for weighing in on this, and we'll talk to you again down the line. Thank you, Bob. You have a great day. You do the same. Thank you. That's Jim Renacci joining us. It's 1025. We'll take a time out. Always Right Radio, and I believe we're, we've got guest-free, a guest-free half hour in front of us. Uh, Jay, uh, Jack Windsor will join us at 1110, but I do believe the next half hour is open for your calls and your thoughts. What's going on in Columbus? What's going on in D.C. as we try to find leaders here on AM 1420, The Answer. In the age of unreason, always write radio with Bob France and the answer. All right, it's 1036. Appreciate you being with us this morning. It's been a very, very interesting and active show thus far. In the uh, first hour of the program, uh, we talked to State, excuse me, State Representative Al Catrona from Canfield. He joined us to talk about what happened yesterday, which was, uh, I don't know, uh, again, I don't mean to mel- mel- you know, make it melodramatic here, but um, I-, I think I can fairly call it a coup. Uh, yesterday there was a coup. Uh, the Republicans agreed. Their 67-member majority, supermajority agreed back in November that Derek Maron was going to be their new uh, speaker in the Ohio House of Representatives. He was indeed called Speaker-elect. And then something changed. Then uh, apparently enough feelings were hurt that they decided 21 or 22, rather, of the uh, members of the 67-member majority said, we want somebody who's going to, I don't know, what, be friendlier with Democrats? Because then they went out and recruited 32 out of 33 Democrats to join them in electing Jason Stevens as the new Ohio House Speaker. How about that? 22 Republicans. 33 Democrats chose the Republican speaker (laughs) in a a house where there's a 67-seat Republican majority. (laughs) Votes came from the Democrats. How about that? All right, I don't know why that would be. I was just told we had a little bit of a glitch for some reason, so hopefully you can hear me now. But yeah, a 67-member supermajority Republican House let 32 Democrats pick the new speaker. That is simply astounding. And that's what I talked to Al Catrona about. If you missed that interview, you should listen to it. It'll be uh, available after the show at whkradio.com on the podcast page, whkradio.com. All right, I want to go to the phones now and get some reactions to this. We're guest-free until 1110 with Jack Windsor then. Uh, TJ is in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah, hello, Bob. You know, uh, all I know is if they end up getting a Democrat Speaker of the House, 
it's going to be the end of the Republican Party. I know, I know me personally, I, I, I don't want any part of it anymore. I mean, if they blow this thing, and as far as like in the state, you were absolutely right. This was a coup that was being done. And I don't like coups, okay? And I don't like people that do coups. I don't trust them, you know, with this uh, speakership in the state of Ohio. Well, I don't either. Uh, TJ, um, you know, obviously, uh, what I like to have happen is exactly what the majority voted for, and the majority, of course, was voted by the people. So they are now defying uh, the people, you know, the right to to dis, you know select their leadership and actually uh, establish the policies and the agenda that we want for our state. You know, we're a red state; we're supposed to be a red state, and we just gave power to the Blues. They have thirty-two members of the or thirty-three excuse me, out of 100 members of the House, and 32 of them got together to tell the Republicans this is who will back for Speaker. That's because they can, you know, they feel like, you know what this reminds me of, TJ? Let's go back to the Republican primary last May for governor. You remember Democrat uh, publications, left-wing publications, encouraging Ohio Dems to pull Republican ballots in our open primary and vote for two people, Mike DeWine for governor, and uh, uh, Matt Dolan for Senate, because, according to the Democrats, these are two Republicans who are more like us, and we can deal with them. They couldn't deal with somebody who's a, a hardcore uh, you know, conservative uh, in the Senate seat or a hardcore conservative in the governor's office. They didn't want that. So they told him, go vote for uh, in the open primary for Republicans that are more like us. And they did. And guess what? That's exactly what happened here, but not among the people. They did it in their, in their own caucus. They told the, the Republicans went to the Democrats and said, how about if we throw somebody up here who's more like you? Will you vote for him? And they said, yeah, sure. And Jason Stevens, come on down. You are the next rhino tool of the, uh, uh, of the establishment in the, uh, in the Ohio legislature. And one other thing real quick, Bob, I think, and I don't take a lot of stock in a plain dealer, but I think they cleared the air on a subject that's been bounced around on your program the last couple of months. Can the Congress go outside of Congress to select a speaker. And I know you've had people call in, supposedly constitutional experts, saying, no, they can't and stuff. Well, they had a big article in the Plain Dealer describing the speakership today and what it can and cannot do. First of all, the Constitution, they said, is totally blind when it comes to selecting a speaker. In other words, it's up to Congress to make the rules on how they select a speaker. So if Congress decides to go outside you know, the body to select the speaker, they could do it. And the Constitution says nothing about whether they can or they can't. Like they said, it's totally blind. So I think that finally clears the air on that sub, uh, subject. Now, it's never going to happen. No, it's not. But but uh, it, it, if they wanted to, they could. So I think that's the end of that subject. And Yeah, they could. And, you know, there was a lot of people talking about going outside and letting like Mike Lindell or somebody else that or even Donald Trump, they said, let him, you know, electing him as the speaker. It'll never happen. There'd never be that kind of unity for such a radical departure from the norm. But you're right. Uh, It is possible, but it's not something they'll do. Okay, have a good one, Bob. You too, TJ. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, Tanya in Akron wants to weigh in on what happened in Columbus yesterday. Hey, Tanya, go right ahead. Okay, I just think that all of this, all of this that's going on, we keep on pushing it on our politicians. I think it shows what a lazy, uneducated populist we do in voting in people in the first place. 
We don't we don't take time to look at who we're voting in on our local levels, then our state levels, and then we get a bunch of people that don't you know don't um, don't mirror our values and what we want. The Democrats they have an ideology that's their religion. They know whoever they whoever is a Democrat will do what their God tells them to do. On the other hand, when we vote in Republicans, they say they're going to do something. They, they, during the election time, they say it, and we believe them. And when they don't do it, we don't vote them out because they have made alliances with the devil, with big businesses. With other, look at the wine. We needed to get him out. He is nothing but a Democrat. He's not even a you know, a uniparty. He is a Democrat, you know, and I don't know where to go from here anymore because what happened last night in Columbus is I can see that as being a precursor of what's going to happen today. Kevin is going to go and get some moderate Democrat to vote him into because some of them do not want Hakeem Jeffries, and he will find them. And they're united. No, they're they're pretty united against rescuing McCarthy. Um, I can't imagine what kind of, you know, promises or deals that McCarthy could offer a handful of Democrats to come over there and get him over two eighteen, um, when they literally are united behind Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, as you've seen, you know, he's gotten more votes than McCarthy. Everybody, has, and... everybody, everybody in the Democratic Party is not far left. They are probably. He doesn't need that many to win. No, no, no. Hold on a second. You said something a moment ago that contradicts what you just said now. You said not everybody in the Democrat Party is far left, but a moment ago you said Democrats, their ideology is their religion. I tend to agree with the former more than the latter. I think they are all far left, and I think they are. It is their religion. Um, That's what makes them successful. hate to say it as a conservative. They're very good at putting aside their their minor trivial differences as democrats and being you know uh um uh, you know cir- circling the wagons if you will and and uniting and making sure they're enjoying right now watching the Demo- the republicans publicly embarrass themselves go through this chaos they are you know believers in groupthink and um i i i don't think there are any democrats who are going to come over and say okay i'll vote for you kevin mccarthy as long as you give me this pork for my district or guarantee me this vote for that or the other thing i i don't know i i hear them talking in all of the media that they're doing and they are just eating the popcorn and watching the republicans self destruct i don't think they're going to rescue them i think they might rescue them because kevin will give them what they want we, the reason why he didn't get in on those three votes is because we know he's a rhino. Well, he is that. Uh, there's no question. So that okay, begs and, this and, question. And hold on, hold on, hold on, Tony. Hold okay. on. So that begs this question. If he's a rhino, which I agree with you, he is, why do you suppose President Trump just issued that full-throated endorsement and that plea for Republicans to vote for this rhino? Because I I have, you know, when Trump won the first time, he was on a mission. He had a vision for the country, okay? And he got and he won because it was something that we had been looking for. 
He is no longer, he is now a politician that just wants to win. He's and a politician who just in, wants to win, but, but, but for whom? He's not, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not America first. <clears throat> so you think, you're saying President Trump has surrendered his America first mission and his MAGA credo uh, just in the, just for the, in the interest of winning one more election, regardless of what happens? Yes. How does he do that, though? If he's endorsing a rhino like Kevin McCarthy that most MAGA America First base members abhor and do not want to be speaker, how is he appealing to his base to win one more election? He's not appealing to his base. So he's he going to sacrifice his base and try to rebuild, it a, rebuild a moderate base? Yes. Okay. That's an interesting theory. That's a hell of an ask. You know, if you're... Um, if you're Trump and you've built everything that you have since 2015 when you announced on America First and, and ultra-conservatism and, and MAGA and so on and so forth, to tell all of them, yeah, I'm flipping here, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more moderate on my positions on pro-life, I'm more moderate on my positions on the border, I'm more moderate on my positions on foreign policy because I'm going to you know, bring in a whole bunch of new moderate voters, but driving away 75 million who voted for him? For being the king of MAGA, uh, that's that's a hell of an ask. If he's if he's asking people to to buy that, I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting theory. He, but it is an interesting theory. But what he said about pro life, what he, you know, and some of the people he's reaching out, you know, you know, I, I just have an issue. He's not. If he's a, if he is actually running for president. He would be doing more than just staying on the golf course. He would be out making a plan. He can't run on the same. He can't run on the same things that he did not get accomplished the last time, in the same way. And he seems to want to think he can get the same things accomplished he didn't get accomplished the last time in the same way. It's not going to happen. We're too deep in the deep state. If he couldn't get them out the first time. They're hitting. They look like little rats. They have gone deeper in. And I don't think we have too many people that are willing to go and, you know, we just we just spent money on building a new FBI building in Washington, D.C. We should have built it in Oklahoma somewhere. We need to get things out of Washington, D.C. And we well, need to I'm- close the, like, department. Yeah, those things. Nobody wants to talk, but those are the things we need to get rid of. And when they couldn't get rid of Mitch McConnell, and we just let him just slide right back in, that's the problem. Yeah. No, you're right. It is a problem. And I'll tell you something I said. And thank you, Tanya, for the call. I appreciate it. Really good exchange of, of ideas and information. I said yesterday, I went on social media as soon as I saw what happened in Columbus. And then as soon as I, you know, as I continue to watch what's going on in, uh, in D.C. And I said, I want a new party. I went on social media yesterday and put it everywhere that I have a, a, an account, Twitter, at France Rants, and Facebook, and I didn't put it on Truth Social. I should. I want a new party. Democrats are evil, period, point blank. I apologize for that. Not at all. Democrats are evil, and Republicans are weak. Republicans are unprincipled. Republicans are ineffective because of the way they handle themselves. If I can't find a home in the Republican Party, and I will never find a home amongst the evil dwellers in the Democrat Party, I need a new party. 
I need to start a new party. I need to join a new party. I need to find some way to advance conservative constitutional beliefs and principles that I have, that I thought were being advanced by Republicans, but now I see very, very differently. Quick time out. Right back. More calls on Always Radio AM 1420, The Answer. 216-901-0945, Let's get some more phone calls in. We're going to go to... Um, you know, they're all out of order for me now. Marianne, who's next? Who should be our next call? Give me Chuck in Maple Heights. All right, Chuck, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Chuck, fire away. Um, the old saying is divide and conquer, mm-hmm. and I think the left is working on that pretty good. I mean, they got everybody all, they're laughing at us, and we're all going back and forth with each other. And I mean, you were Republicans. We might have a little different on stuff, but now everything's going in between us. Is this correct? I mean, look what happened in our own governor race this year. We put, uh, I believe personally, the big hat was, and you agree with this probably, shoved out there just to steal enough votes from our guy who was just on, a true conservative uh, Republican, Jim Renacci. And then what happened? We got the same old, same old Mitch McConnell, um, wishy-washy rhino in there type guy with the wine. Is this correct or not? Am I you are absolutely correct. Hundred percent yeah. correct. That is exactly okay, what this so party has in, become. And up in Alaska, there was a young Republican girl running against Lisa, the Rhino Queen Murkowski. Murkowski. Correct? Am I yep. correct? Yep. And what happened up there? What did Mitch McConnell do? Pumped money in there when that was the two people were running were two Republicans, and then he left a guy like Don Blogard or Blomgren, I'm sorry, his name is Vincent, who's running for New Hampshire, was running as, uh, as and, and he bad-wrapped him so much that he, because he wanted his person in, in New Hampshire, that when Don won the, the primary in New Hampshire, he did not give him near the money he could have, and he only lost 53 to 40 percent, 47%. In New Hampshire, I mean, he, this Mitch McConnell and all these people in the upper ones, the upper people, they're not helping anything here. They're no, not they're, 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 the, the rhinos, the rhinos are running the party. There's no doubt about it. And you're right when you said about, and thank you for the call, Chuck, when you talked about divide and conquer. The Democrats are doing that in multiple ways. Number one, they're dividing within the Republican Party uh, and conquering from within. And we just saw that in Columbus. And number two, that's what they've been doing to the nation with respect to creating enemies, division, oppressors and victims, critical race theory, critical gender theory, and all of the the Marxism that goes along with it. That is exactly what the method is. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Brooklyn Heights. Wally, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you for waiting. Fire away. Yeah, good morning, Bob. Um, I'm so disappointed in the Republican Party in that they can't compromise. You know, a united front always wins. No one can fix every issue. But with wisdom and knowledge from God and coming together in prayer, they can help McCarthy or whoever they finally vote for be the best speaker of the House we ever had. But this constant not making decisions shows such a weakness on the Republican side that I'm I'm just like flabbergasted, really. Well, I am too, and it's one of the reasons why I kind of described myself, Wally, and thank you for the call, as being a bit of a political refugee. I feel like I, I don't have a homeland. You know what I mean by that? And I don't mean America. I mean the political side of things. I feel homeless. I feel like there's nowhere I can go because there's no no place that actually represents me. And the Republican Party, for all of the reasons you just described, and by the way, 
you're right. It may be just the simplest turning to God, because left to our own devices as men, uh, meaning mankind, we are uh, we're screwing it all up. Uh, Tampa, Florida. Tom, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for calling us from down there in the Sunshine State. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, we can't we, – I'd like to bring up the past, but I know we can't have time on that. Whatever happened, we can only go well, – we learn the mistakes from the past and go forward. But I was an elected official in a small community, and I tell you, it's hard. You know, when you're the only voice and you have to vote for the council president and stuff like that, but the last caller was right. You have to compromise. You have to work on. We have to work as a get together as a as a as a, as a body. And I always tell people, you know, you're born or some congressman. You think your congressman is the great in Ohio or one here in Florida, but the guy in Michigan or Illinois or something, they think their congressman is the greatest, and they and they don't see the whole picture, you know, the, what the work's on. But I'm just trying to say, one voice could make it. Those 19 people can work hard enough to get things done if they work together with the Speaker of the House. Well, ultimately, I think that's what most people think is going to have to happen. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the perspective. Ultimately, that's what most people think is going to have to happen because they're just not going to get 218 votes for Jim Jordan or any other hardcore conservative. They're just not. And so you either take the rhino like Kevin McCarthy and make deals with him to try to get as much conservative concession out of him as you can or you let the democrats take it and then we're really screwed thank you my friend for the call we'll take a time out here for news and on the other side of the news we'll go inside the uh, coup yesterday that cost Derek Marin the house speakership in columbus jack windsor will join us on am 1420 the answer This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Wow. Uh, what a day so far, nine minutes after 11 o'clock as we move into hour number three on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. It's a Wednesday, the fourth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And you know what's really, really sad, <laughs> depressing? I spent the last week of 2022 bitching about 2022. Pardon my language. I talked about all last week, uh, going into the end of the calendar year, about how I cannot wait to flip the calendar over to 2023, because 2022 is one of the worst years of our lifetimes, in, in, in literally top to bottom for the country. 
for so many reasons. And we I did I did it on Gorka's show nationally last week. Uh, boy, well, I can't wait till 2023. Then things are going to get better. We're four days in. It only took us three days in to have 2023 become a train wreck to start. Yesterday, in the reddest of red states, a state with a supermajority legislature that is Republican, a state with a Republican governor and a Republican lieutenant governor, a state with a conservative majority on the Ohio Supreme Court, um... <laughs> we just handed power to the Democrats. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I didn't just figure this out yesterday in 2023 that Mike DeWine was a Democrat. but um, And I knew that we had all kinds of rhino problems in the Ohio General Assembly, particularly on the House side of the legislature. But I didn't think that they would literally just hand the power. When you have a 67 to 33 uh, advantage in Ohio representation, I didn't think they would just turn around and hand the power to, to the minority. That's exactly what they did. Derek Marin is not the House Speaker. Jason Stevens is. Why? Because 22 Republicans decided to let 32 Democrats pick the Speaker. How about that? 32 out of the 33 Democrats picked Jason Stevens because they did not want conservative Derek Marin to be the Speaker of the House. Joining us now is somebody who's been following this. He's been reporting on it. He's been investigating it. He's been making discussions and calls and doing yeoman's work as the uh, founder and editor of the Ohio Press Network, online at ohiopressnetwork.com. Or dot, is it dot .com or dot .org, Jack? My bad. It's .com, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. .com. And he's also, of course, our State House correspondent for AM 1420. The answer, that is Jack Windsor. Jack, welcome back. Bob, it's good to be here again for for a second day. Um, Man, we've got a lot to cover, and I will just echo your thoughts. Uh, You know, I was in sunny, beautiful Florida, although it did rain a little bit while we were there, and looking forward to 2023, flipping the calendar. And, yep, January 4th, here we are. So let's, let's unpack it. <laughs> All right. Well, we talked yesterday, obviously, for those who <clears throat> weren't listening to yesterday's show. Jack and I kind of predicted what was going on. Well, we didn't predict that it was going to happen. We knew it could. You wrote a piece. In fact, your work in the Ohio Press Network is that Republicans were pitching representatives on both sides of the aisle, including Democrats, to obstruct the election of Derek Merritt as a conservative speaker of the Ohio House, and they were pushing for Jason Stevens. So yesterday at this hour, we knew this is what was happening, but we didn't know if it would be successful. Today, we know that the coup was staged, it was carried out, and now Jason Stevens swearing in on a Bible held by Democrats Democrat Allison Russo is the Speaker of the House. Um, Jack, you heard my interview with Al Catrona. What's uh, what, what's your what's your latest on this? So the Speaker seal of 2023 happened, and let's look at it by the numbers. I know that you and Al Catrona talked about this a little bit, but today, uh, 45 Republicans, uh, unless they've changed their mind from yesterday, supported a guy, uh, Derek Marin, who won the gavel in the caucus vote back in November, only 21 Republicans voted for Jason Stevens. So uh, in nearly 60% of Stevens' support, 32 votes, came from Democrats. So he is a Democrat-elected Republican Speaker of the House. That's by the numbers. Now, um, Al Catrona talked about uh, pulling the party together, having unity, 
um, I guess the hard stability question was a big. He was big on stability too, talking about how. Um, yeah, uh, he used Mary stability would only like have two like, years. Go ahead. He used stability like people in education use diversity, equity, mm-hmm. and inclusion. Okay, let's just call that what it is. That's a red herring. Uh, the, the reality is, twenty-one Republicans supported Jason Stevens, and now they have to bring forty-five members over the threshold. My comment to Katrona and Jay Edwards was, hey, "I'm not a smart man, uh, and I'm not." Terribly great at math, but I think 45 is bigger than 21. Isn't it a heavier lift to get 45 people to acclimate to the coup than it is to get 21 people to keep the promises that they made in the caucus? But, you know, they dance well, around well, that. Hang like on. Let me, hold on. Let me, uh, let me, I've got my phone here. I'm going to pull out the calculator app. Yeah, I concur. 45 bigger than 21. We've got it. Got it. So uh, thank you for confirming that. I was working on that for a couple of days. You know, reporters generally are terrible at math. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but but so here's the deal. You have uh, you have a divided caucus and we wrote about this. I mean, the lawmakers said this is the playbook, right? You create chaos. You divide the troops. You take power. You overthrow. Well, the same group that created the, the chaos is the same group group kvetching about there being chaos. Isn't that interesting? And so, look, I'm weighing in on a little bit more of an opinion level here. So let me get back to the meat of this. So you have Jason Stevens. He was elected by 21 Republicans, 32 Democrats, against the wishes of 45 Republicans. He is now Speaker of the House. Um, Republicans that voted for him, Abrams, Blaisdell, Carruthers, Cross, Katrona, Edwards, uh, Gabari. I've never pronounced his name right. I apologize. Uh, Hillier, Jones, Larray, Loichik, Miller, uh, Oslanger, Patton, uh, Pavlaga. Patton, by the way, um, I have two constituents that reached out to me and said, hey, yeah, Patton lied to me, said he wasn't going to do it. And uh, I only mentioned that because I know he's the guy up there for many of the listeners on this line. So congratulations, right. correct. Tom Patton, for uh, double-crossing not only Derek Marin but your constituents. Uh, Peterson, Richardson, uh, Bill Seitz, uh, DJ Swearingen, and Young. Uh, I also understand that Gene Schmidt may have may have voted. I need to double check that. So those are the folks who voted. And um, well, what does that mean? Bob, you asked Mike Loichek. I asked Mike Loichek. I asked John Cross. I asked Jay Edwards. What did you give in order to get what you got? And the pat rehearsed answer was what? Nothing. Do you believe Nothing. it? That's no, not for a second. There's not one second that I believe, and I'm not calling Al Catrone a liar, but I just don't think that the conversation we were having was going to allow for him to admit the truth. Let's put it that way. When I asked why 32 out of 33 House Democrats would would want to uh, to to unify and 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 support Jason Stevens just out of the goodness of their own hearts or just out of you know uh, the an interest in bipartisanship and and uh, or nonpartisanship, no, they had to give them something to get them to come on board. Otherwise, they would have been stuck with the true conservative House leader who is going to push a much much more aggressive agenda than I expect Jason Stevens to push. Yeah, and so maybe he does have some level of plausible deniability, we'll call it, right? Maybe Jason Stevens greased the skids, did the deal, I don't know. Um, but there was a give, and what I'm hearing, and we're going to dive into today, um, what are the things that they could give? You know, I think we mentioned this in the article. You and I may have talked about it yesterday. There's Save Women's Sports Act. There's the SAFE Act that keeps kids from transitioning um, when they're minors to a sex opposite their biology. Um, there's redistricting. There's parents' rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's abortion. 
Um, there's the Ohio Constitutional Protection Amendment. All of these things. Well, what's coming down the... so? And by the way, all of those to me are non-negotiable, Jack. I mean, I I don't mean to be greedy, but to me, well, I mean, as a conservative, they're non-negotiable. We're not giving up on saving women's sports and then stopping the butchering of children and allowing parents to have a say in their kids' education and on down the line. Everything you just said to me is non-negotiable as a a conservative Republican in a very, very, very supposed red state. We shouldn't have to fight for those things or negotiate for those things, and that's what they just put probably, as you say, on the table. So what they put on the table, I will um, show this up today. I have some conversations pending. I'm sure you and I will dive into it again tonight on our podcast. But it looks like the Ohio Constitutional Protection Amendment will be killed. Um, and I'll tell you why that matters in a minute. And then redistricting might be a little more favorable to Democrats. Now, according to Representative Scott Wiggum, um, I was thinking this and I said, so the Ohio Constitutional Protection Amendment is going to be killed. And what that means is that um, the threshold would have been increased to 60 percent for a ballot initiative to pass. Um, why does that matter? It matters because, according to Wiggum, abortion on demand will now become law. So the Democrats wanted that killed so that they could put on the ballot uh, an abortion law. And so congratulations. And only need a simple 50 50 percent majority, right? You got it. You got it. Yep. Yep. And they'll have a tremendous amount of lobbying money. They'll they'll talk about abortion the way that um, the mainstream media and the progressives talked about it after the Supreme Court decision and say, oh, abortion's outlawed. Um, You know, these people are extremists, right? And by the way, I want to talk about that for a minute. Um, and I know I'm going off script here in kvetching, but I think missing uh, missing from the, the discussion of bipartisanship, because that's what Channel 5 up there in Cleveland called it, right? They they celebrated bipartisanship in, in the speaker steel of 23. Well, here's what they – two things that are important to understand. Um, they're not talking about the people, the 21 Republicans who lied. They made two promises when they voted in caucus, and if these reps can't keep a promise – to their team of 67, why would hundreds of thousands of constituents they represent believe that they will have fidelity in their commitments to them? That's that's an issue that needs to be cussed and discussed and uh, really not let go. But here's the other part. Um, we're acting as if, and I heard Al Catrona say this, well, we need to work together with Democrats. You have 67 people in the House. You don't need a, you don't need a single vote. Um, do you think if the shoe was on the other foot, that Democrats huh. would be trying to play nice with you, you're dumb. You're dumb or naive if you think that or you're lying. It's one of the three. So here's the deal. They call people uh, moderates or they call them extremists. Now, here's what extremism looks like, and I'll bring this around the barn. It looks like um, someone who wants biological girls to compete against biological girls in sports. It looks like someone who doesn't want kids to be transitioned by educators and parents left in the cold during that process. It looks like keeping babies alive when mom and baby are healthy. So those are the people that are now called extremists. And it's this quote, moderate speaker that probably, um, we might be wrong. Katrona said, you're going to be really happy in three months. Okay. Proof's in the pudding. You're on the clock. But those are the type of things that, um, I mean, we, they just handed the baton to, to Democrats, Bob. I mean, they have 67. And, and how they, how, I apologize. I, how they're denying yeah, yeah, that, I don't understand. 
I mean, you literally, there are more Democrats now by 10 who voted for the current speaker than there are Republicans. That means this yep. speaker is more popular with Democrats than he is with, with Republicans, and he's a Republican. How you cannot admit that you have surrendered power to the Democrats. The Channel 5 may have called it bipartisan. I call it full-on surrender. A Republican supermajority has surrendered to a Democrat supermajority, uh, and there has to be a reason. Yeah, there's a reason, and I'm going to go to what I listened to you a little earlier than when you had uh, Jim Renacci on, and he talked about the fiasco in Washington, D.C. And, you know, we have um, we have two sacred cows here, Bob. We have a sacred cow on the federal level, as Renacci said. You have Medicaid and you have Social Security. Nobody wants to talk about that. Those things need to be changed if you want to balance the budget. Nobody wants to do it. In Ohio, what we have, the sacred cow, are lobbyists. That's the sacred cow. But nobody wants to kill those things and feed the starving republic that's starving to death. People, you know, Ashbrook, Van Meter, Doug Price, I'm not going to dive into that today. Those people are really happy today because that's what this comes down to. Um, and I think it's really disingenuous to hear people like Jay Edwards and John Cross and Al Quatrona talk about, oh, well, you know, Derek Marin didn't make a phone call. Derek Marin didn't do this. You know, that's akin to a woman that's married to a man having an affair and then saying to him, you know, you leave your cup out by the sink instead of putting it in the sink. And I'm just really tired of it. Uh, no, woman, you're having an affair <laughs> and, you're, and, and you're, you're, you're committing infidelity in your marriage. Well, look, this this infidelity went on before Derek Marin did or didn't what do what they say he's doing. This is lobby driven stuff. And uh, I think that's going to come out in the weeks ahead. Um, but make no mistake about it. It was it was the lobbyists who pushed the buttons, probably with the Democrats and, and with Stevens. And then they used uh, some of the other Republicans who probably have pride and power lust to get this thing over the finish line. So Katrona told me, Jack Windsor, that um, we're way off, that um, he's going to advance a very strong conservative conservative agenda and predicted in, in three months that I'll have him back on, back on and apologize for doubting uh, the conservatism and the agenda of uh, of, of Stevens. Um, what is your take? What do you believe is going to be the first, uh, the, well, not, not the first, but what do you think is going to be at the top of the agenda for a Jason Stevens-led Ohio House? Yeah, so that was my question to a couple of those folks. Like, if you're going to pull people together and have a consensus, do you put together a three- or five-pronged plan and sell it to your detractors? They said that that's forthcoming. Um, I don't know. Uh, my the scuttlebutt is, like I said, Ohio Constitutional Protection Amendment's dead. Abortion stuff's dead. Redistricting is going to is going to shade more toward uh, Democrats now. So what is it? Um, that leaves like save women's sports. That would keep you know the people like Jenna Powell, who are super conservative, happy, and maybe the Derek Marins. Um, and by the way, what a fake bogus argument! I want to point that out. They said uh, Derek Marin voted against. Uh, Save Women's Sports and the Lame Duck. Well, he voted against it, probably the same reason that Jenna Powell, who wrote Save Women's Sports, voted against it, because it was wrapped in a bill that would have given Governor Mike DeWine full authority over the higher education structure. And there isn't a conservative that trusts his ability to appoint conservative leaders. So I digress. Of course but not. I look, think, look, uh, look at what he appointed to the Ohio Board of Education. Just kicked Mike Toll off of it uh, and, and appointed yep. another left-wing uh, radical, I believe, to the Ohio Board of Education. Yeah, did I want Mike DeWine appointing a cabinet-level position to run Ohio's education? Not one second. No. And, and by the way, the, the justification was, well, we just wanted to go in another direction. Uh, no, no explanation, no clarity about what that direction is. But, you know, we can read between the lines and, and read the tea leaves. So I think maybe Save Women's Sports is there. Maybe Daryl Clicks uh, uh, or Gary Clicks um, 
uh, SAFE Act may be there with some things taken out. And that SAFE Act, by the way, it prohibits transition of kids. Um, you know, there are certain qualifiers in there. That's probably going to be changed. I could see that. Uh, I could see those two things. But, Bob, redistricting, um, the Ohio Constitution Protection Amendment, uh, abortion, uh, those things are real. Yeah. Parents' rights, those things are real. Um, so if Alcatrana wants to come and take a victory lap in three months along with you know his team and band of brothers and sisters of 21 strong, uh, then, yeah, let's have at it. Let's have that conversation in three months or six months. But let's have it with the full uh, scope of what was on the conservative agenda. And don't don't cherry pick one or two bills out of six or seven and pretend like you've done justice to the conservative voters in the state of Ohio. Uh, super quick, Jack. I keep saying 22. You keep saying 21. I, 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 maybe I'm off. I thought it was Katrona and 21 others. It's Katrona and 20 others. Well, I'm, I've got to get into the official record, right? So okay. I looked at my count was from the board yesterday and okay. the board's really hard to see. I will get into the journal um, today and get the official vote count. I, I, do, yeah, I'm doing, I mean, not that it matters that much. Yeah, not that it matters that much, but I'm just curious because I do. we do know for sure that 32 out of 33 Democrats uh, voted for Stevens in this thing, so which is kind of the More Republicans, more than Republicans. Jack, Jack, I want you to stick. Yeah, that's right. At least yep. 10 more, maybe 11 more. Uh, than uh, uh, than Republicans, uh, Jack. Stick with us through the through the break here because yep. I want to come back on the other side and hit part two, which according to and I want to get your thoughts on John Kasich's odd statement as well about combining <laughs> Republicans and Democrats and creating a moderate uh, state, um, free of quote unquote uh, uh, extremists on either side. So I want to get your thoughts on where the ORP chase goes from here, and then also yep. Kasich's statements. We'll come back with Jack Windsor after the news. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. I, 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 you know, I was concerned at first uh, that there was not going to be this conservative agenda. And, but you're going you're gonna to ask me back on here and you're going to say, you're right. You guys have moved this bill, you moved that bill. I believe that, you know, and I can't speak uh, for, the, for the speaker. And I think that, frankly, it's the will of the caucus. And then, you know, that a lot of people need to recognize um, that's a big part of it. But I think that once we sit down and we go over our priorities, I think you're going to see a lot of things like save women's sports. I think you're going to see a lot of things that deal with, you know, those conservative values that both you and I have. And so, you know, at the end of the day, there was no deal that was cut. It comes down to the fact that, you know, do you want a functional house or not? A functional house consisting of 45 people who did not vote for the speaker uh, who is a member of their own party, just 21 or 22 who did. But that's going to lead to, according to Representative Alcatrona, it's going to lead to stability within the House. Um, it's 11.37. Jack Windsor continues with us now. Jack Windsor from the Ohio Press Network, as well as the uh, our State House correspondent for AM 1420, The Answer. Also the co-host of our podcast, which is Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. All right, Jack, um, we covered uh, pretty well the fight for the speakership yesterday and what went down and mm-hmm. what the coup looked like. Let's talk about um, what that means, if you can find anything that you can draw from that, uh, for the chairmanship of the Ohio Republican Party. Yeah, so heard on Capitol Square, right, rumors, scuttlebutt, people mm-hmm. saying, hey, don't put this on the record. The same establishment Republicans and lobbyists behind stealing the House Speaker's race yesterday, where I'm going to say it again, just in case people are joining us, only 21 of 67 Republicans voted for the Speaker. These are the same power brokers that are behind jockeying to get Jimmy Stewart, 
uh, elected Ohio Republican Party chairman. Now, if that happens, this is the scuttlebutt, the House and the state party would be run by moderates and progressives pretending to be Republicans. Um, which it's kind of being done now, quite frankly, um, if you look at from the governor on down, but now into the actual party with the state central committee. So you're saying that, um, well, let me ask you if what you're saying is that if Jimmy Stewart is running the ORP, it is essentially uh, more of the same as it was under Bob Paducic. Yeah, I think it is, right? It's it's about operatives and power brokers and lobbyists um, and, and Forgive me if I misspeak here. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Jimmy Stewart is a lobbyist uh, in the energy industry. And I think that's the parallel. We're going to go and dive into this, but it appears the same lobbying group or company or few people behind getting Stevens into the chair um, did work on House Bill 6. So it kind of ties back to energy. And Jimmy Stewart, uh, an energy lobbyist, is uh, probably going to make a very legitimate run at becoming chairman of the ORP on Friday. So, you know, those two are kind of attached at the hip there uh, in terms of, you know, lobbying energy. And I think that's what it comes down to. And so, you know, in economics, they talk about opportunity costs. You judge the value of what you got in terms of what you had to give up to get what you got. And so in order for them to get this energy policy potentially that they want, what are they giving up? Well, we talked about it before the break at the House. It's going to be some of the conservative legislation. And then I would assume at the Ohio Republican Party, it's going to be not backing candidates um, who are, uh, you know, have distaste for the type of legislation that the lobbyists want. People like Brian Williams. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to, I think, look, I'm not a real good prognosticator and picker, um, especially when it comes to sports um, and politics. <laughs> but I think Brian's probably in the, you know, he's there with uh, Jimmy Stewart. And then, of course, I think the guy that might be in the catbird seat right now is uh, Alex Triantafalu, if I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, you he's talked about him yesterday, too. Yeah. Yep. He's kind of the guy. He's down there in Hamilton County leading the GOP party there. Interestingly enough, he's an attorney at Dinsmore and Shoal, which I think is also the... Uh, the firm that Bill Seitz is tied to, which is also the firm that was uh, somehow involved in House Bill Energy 6. So, um, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other, Alex Triantafalu and Jimmy Stewart. And then I think on the outside looking in is Brian Williams, who's chairman of the Summit County Republican Party. Um, but it's it's kind of like <clears throat> they'll do rounds, right? If, if they've got three, I think there are two other candidates, uh, um, uh, so there'll be five, the first round, they'll probably knock two off or one. And, and I think it's going to come to, all right, who voted for those first candidates and where do those votes go? And I think you're going to probably get to the second or, th or third round, which would be, all right, who gets knocked out, uh, Trianta Falu, Jimmy Stewart or Brian Williams, and then who consolidates with whom? Um, and so, you know, it's anybody's race at this time. Jack, I want to ask you one last question. Um, John Kasich tweeted yesterday, I guess this was yesterday, um, a very interesting one-sentence tweet. A block of House Republicans should get together with Democrats to pick a speaker to run a coalition government, which will moderate the House and marginalize the extremists. You know, I read that, and I've read it several times since I saw it yesterday, and I still can't figure out if he's talking about Columbus or D.C. Yeah, both. 
and I laugh because I take I take what um, John Kasich says about as seriously as the R behind his name. He's a joke. <laughs> he was a joke as a governor, um, and he's a joke as a human being right now. Um, you know, Interesting. We've had back to back. We've had back to back jokes as governors in, in human beings with Kasich and Dwine back to back. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, uh, Touche. <laughs> um, but you know, let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna pound this point home again. Let's look at what extremism looks like. I want somebody. Maybe it'll be me. May, I don't think Kasich will return my call. But I want somebody to ask, what is an extremist? Is it is it a is it a parent who wants his his daughter to compete against other biological girls? Is it a parent who doesn't want to be left out in the cold while activists in schools try to transition their kids and teach them about transgender initiatives and that America's bad and if you're white, you're evil? Um, is it about are you extreme if you want to keep babies alive when the mom and baby are healthy and it's just a convenient abortion on demand that you're opposed to? You know, I'm just tired of these guys using these labels like extremism um, to cover over their just gutless, spineless lack of morality. And that's John Kasich. I don't take him seriously. Yeah, I don't either. But you know what? Um, he represents a lot of the rhino marginal uh, mar- mar- rhino Republicans that do want to, quote unquote, marginalize people who don't go along with the Democrat uh, ideology. And quite frankly, you said it before uh, and, and you're 100 percent right. These are there are just too many Republicans who literally are Democrats who simply run as an R because we are a, quote unquote, red state. And it's a lot easier to get elected with a lot of blind people just saying, R, OK, I'll vote for you even if you're going to go in there and govern like a Democrat. John Kasich is one of those, and he's sadly the leader of, uh, of many others. Jack Windsor, um, appreciate uh, all you do. Keep up the great work. Keep us posted on where things go in Columbus, and we'll talk to you next time on, uh, on Talking Smack. Thanks for having me, Bob. God bless you. That's it for AM 1420, The Answer. Be well, be safe, stay free, fight for this country. We need it. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.